Welcome to the Cashflow Canucks podcast, where Canadian entrepreneurs and investors come to learn about wealth creation. Experts in their fields will join your host, Peter Lount, to share their successes, challenges, and discuss opportunities. Join me and my guest, Mark Johnson, as he talks about correcting your mindset and setting up best practices for your business and personal life. Mark is a business and mindset coach, and he provides unique and innovative programs, seminars, and workshops for entrepreneurs through his company, Success Innovations, Inc. He is going to share some practical advice you don't want to miss. Welcome and enjoy. All right. Today on Cashflow Connects, we have Mark Johnson. Mark, welcome. Thank you for having me here. This is uh, exciting. Yeah. Um, Mark, can you tell the uh, community a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yeah, absolutely, Peter. So my background, grew up on a farm, learned how to work hard, uh, discovered, you know, through my career, worked a lot of time in oil and gas. We built a couple of companies that working hard wasn't always the best. Uh, real estate investor, like many of you, many of your listeners, yourself. And if you do all the work yourself, you really just end up literally working yourself to death. And that's what I did to myself. Uh, we had rental properties, we were farming, uh, was building another business in oil and gas, and quite literally uh, ended up in Calgary Foothills Hospital with a heart attack during Stampede because I had worked myself too hard, too long, without taking any breaks and without really reaching out to other people that I could depend on to help me. So now, because of all those experiences, I work as a business coach and mentor as to how can you do things better? What can you do to improve your systems, your processes? Uh, like a lot of entrepreneurs, we, we want to kind of control everything because we're the technician. We know how to do this. We know how to do that. Yourself, for example, you're really good at the infinite banking system. And it's a brilliant system. Nelson Nash was, was a genius when he invented this. But you can't be running around trying to invest everybody's money in all the various products and services that are available out there, you use experts to do that and help your clients facilitate the best process for them through that infinite banking system. What I do now is I help business owners, entrepreneurs specifically, and I, I the people I look as my ideal client are heart-centered entrepreneurs who are parents. They got kids at home and we kind of rather be doing stuff. You got a young guy at home too. We'd rather be doing stuff with our kids and our family half the time as opposed to listening to whatever, you know, oh, I've got this problem in my business or I got that problem. And we're running around trying to solve all these things without having a system and a process in place. That's what I'm doing now is I'm helping business owners and I'm helping them get life back. And I know with you and infinite banking, that's a big part of it is you become your own bank so that you can do things and have a have more access to capital to build the life that you want. Yeah, absolutely. And that that's this is why I have folks like you on is to talk about, okay, now I've got that banking system in place. That's the banking part of it. You're talking about, you know, what are we doing for a business, right? Like Nelson yeah, said, you should be in a banking business and have your own business as well. And this is yeah. what you help people with. Can you talk about um, your specific, um, would you say it's the heart attack? Is that really the turning point for you and if it didn't happen where do you think you would be and did you find meaning in that and yeah so with the heart attack it was kind of like all of a sudden I had to stop it was a kind of like 
when we're recording this, the whole world's kind of had a giant pause push, you know, pause button pushed on almost everything. And that's what happened for me. I ended up laying in a hospital bed going, now what? Uh, fortunately, I'm healthy, had a full recovery, had a fantastic medical team and, and things are good. But I realized that I had to change some things. I had to stop doing some things that I was doing. Like back then, my phone would ring like it was, and I would immediately jump and be off to doing something for someone and never making myself, my life, my business, my priority. So that's where I work with business owners, entrepreneurs now is, okay, let's get some priorities set straight and then let's build some systems and processes that are going to support you to do that rather than you doing that. And that's a lot of business owners, um, you know, some of my clients, web developers, spa owners, um, IT companies, they're trying to still do everything themselves, you know, tradesmen, carpenters, they're always still trying to do everything themselves rather than build a business where other people are doing the work and they're managing that business so that if they want a weekend off, they can have a weekend off. Or, you know, when we spoke well, a couple of weeks ago, I was taking the Wednesday afternoon off to go float in the river with my wife and daughter because it was a beautiful day and I have that ability because of the systems and processes I have in place I could take an afternoon, a beautiful sunny afternoon off and go float around in the river. Right? So that's what I help businesses with now. And part of it's getting their time back. Part of it's building a plan so that they can move forward, be happier in their lives and still make really good money. Right. And I think um, to your point, we talk about, I guess, the difference. I think we had talked about this before, working on your business versus mm -hmm. in your business and how that, and it, it you know, the more you work, you, you know, I had a friend who's um, in another business, but he another entrepreneur and he said, you know, I was working so many hours. I basically had the symptoms of being drunk, right? Like you're just mm -hmm. not even that effective after a while, right? When you're yeah. working that much. Yeah. And that's the myth of, of multitasking that so many people fall for is, oh, well, I'll do this while I'm doing this. And, oh, I'm on the phone with somebody, but, you know, I'm going to check my, my email. And while I'm checking my email, I'm doing something else. And because I study this stuff, I studied how the mind works. I, I read these really boring sometimes scientific papers. But the human mind, you know, because we're so distracted now, they're saying that, you know, the average goldfish has an attention span of eight seconds. Humans, we now have a, an attention span of 7.8 seconds <laughs> because we're distracted, because we've got a phone, right? And it rings and it bings and it dings and it tells us when you got a text message and when somebody messages on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram or whatever it is, and we get running around going, oh, what's next? We don't have we don't have the ability anymore to focus like we used to. So one of the tips I'll give everybody out there, everybody, and do this because it makes a massive difference. Turn off your notifications. Go into your apps and turn your LinkedIn, your Facebook, your Instagram, your WhatsApp, all those social 
turn the messages off. Just turn them off because guess what? Nobody, nobody is going to message you on something that requires your attention this second, right? They may think it does, but it, it doesn't. Your life, yeah, that's the first part of taking control. Go into your phone, turn all those things off. The next thing, if you're, you know, working on a deal, working on something, trying to think of something, take the damn phone and put it in another room. Right? Just put it in another room. I do that at night. I don't even have it in my, you know, some people think, oh, well, I got to have it right beside my bed because that's how I wake up. Well, how did we all wake up before we had them? We had an alarm clock. Go get one. <laughs> but put it in another room because that then gives you that little bit of freedom. If we don't have, you know, depends on the study, six to eight hours of uninterrupted sleep, we don't function very well. And I know the stress and not sleeping enough and not eating well were all contributing factors to me having a heart attack. So I'm not speaking from... You know, just because I know because this is what happened to me. So take the time to put that away, right? And then if you're really worried about it, and this is one of the things that I teach my clients, and I'll share this with your listeners here. I set a time block in my calendar in the morning and one in the afternoon. And I call them a buffer block. My morning one is between eight and nine of how I run my business right now. And that's my time to go and check my social, to check my email, to check phone messages. And then it's done. And I don't touch that stuff again until my afternoon block. Now you put it wherever you want. Mine goes at four o'clock because then I've got potentially an hour and I can check all my emails and phone messages and all that again. Why? Well, then there, there's two set blocks. I know I'm going to do it. So I don't have to worry about doing it during the day, right? right? It gives me back some of that focus because I'm not going, oh, I better check my email. Here's the other one. I'm not going to say you're guilty of it, Peter, but I know I have been in the past. I'm going to do that thing, whatever it is, but oh, just let me check LinkedIn one more time. Or just let me check that email. You know, I'm waiting on an email from Bob. So just let me check that email one more time. And we end up an hour later. <laughs> yes. Many Still times. haven't done what we were going to do. So we use it as a, as a distraction, as a procrastination. And you have a, a young one like I do. And we've probably all seen that movie, Disney Pixar movie, Up. Yeah. The dogs that are running around. And if they want to distract the dogs, they just yell squirrel. And the dogs all disappear in different directions. It's just we're the same thing. It's just our phones with our connection to our email and everything else. That's our squirrel, right? And as entrepreneurs, we really <laughs> it, it That may be my biggest challenge, to tell you honestly. It, you said it. I, it just kind of validates kind of something that's been in the back of my mind. So I think that those all, those all make sense. Now, you said you work with all kinds of businesses, right? And you implement yeah. systems. What makes for you an ideal client? Is it, you know... Like, why are they coming? What, at what point do they decide to come to a business coach? And, you know, like, are they eager to learn? Are they putting, like, you want to have someone who is what? What's your ideal? Well, one of the ways I describe it is coachable. 
meaning they are open to learning and open to taking direction, right? That they don't know it all. And I like to say that they show up when, they, when they're supposed to, but sometimes they've literally worked themselves to death. That's why I'm doing more and more on, on social, getting my, myself out there, doing video and podcasts like yours, because if people came to a coach sooner, their business would be better. Because right? my whole goal as a coach is to make your business better because I believe that if you're my kind of client, you're in business not just to make money. That might be, that's part of the goal, but part of why you're doing what you're doing is you wanna make your life better, your family's life better, the people you work with, your, your, your employees, your clients' lives better, and your community's life better. You're doing what you're doing for, for those reasons because as we make ourselves and our families and our communities better, then we kind of make the whole world a little bit better. And I think if everybody just did a little more of that, we would have a better outcome for everyone, right? Um, so that's the way I look at it. If we, I want to assist business owners to be better at running their business so they can be better for them, their families and their communities, bottom line, because it can't be all just about the business because I've seen too many, I've been there myself. I'm just working on my business and then you come home and there's nobody to come home to anymore because you put it all in your business. And putting perspective to, it's not about the business, it's about your why. Like, why are you doing this in yes. the first place? Yeah, right. as Simon Sinek, and if you haven't seen Simon's stuff, mm. go to YouTube, type in what's your why, and you'll get some of his videos and it's brilliant stuff. Yeah. It, re it really is, what's your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? You mentioned Simon, What? Um, and you talk about all, and, and we've kind of, we've already talked before as well, but can you um, talk to me about some of the people that you study and that, um, you know, that's helped you understand more and be able to coach your clients? Well, on? one of my, one of my first mentors uh, was Bob Proctor. Um, lots of people know who Bob is. Most people don't know Bob's a Canadian. He's from Toronto, still lives in Toronto. Um, yeah just had his 86th birthday <laughs> and the man's still going. Why? Because he loves what he's doing because he knows he's changing people's lives for the better. Um, so Bob's one, Jack Canfield is another. Um, I read his book, Success Principles, 30 times. Took pieces out of that book. And, they, and here's the thing about, people can say, oh, I read Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill, another one of my mentors. They said, oh yeah, I read the book. Okay, great. What did you do with it? What knowledge did you pull out of it and put into action, right? You and I were talking uh, before we started to record this about uh, Profit First from Mike McCallowitz. What piece of knowledge, even if it's one small piece, what piece of knowledge are you pulling out of that and putting into action, right? And that's it for me, when you ask client, they've got to be an action taker, right? They, you know, I don't want to get on a, on a call with them and then get back on a call with them and say, okay, you did this, what happened? 
oh, well, you know about that. Well, I kind of didn't really well do it. They're not the people I want to work with because that's going to be their answer forever. <laughs> so they have to be action takers and they have to be coachable. Right? They have to understand that somebody else has a perspective on something they're doing that they maybe don't. We've all heard that saying, you got to think outside the box. Most people, oh yeah, that's right. Got to think outside the box. Well, it's to me, that's kind of a silly way to look at it because whatever box it is you're in that you're thinking in, you built the damn box. It takes somebody from the outside with a different perspective to look at it and go, why are you doing that? And that's where me as a coach come in. Yeah. And I think um, the sounds of what you and, and the people you, you follow, like the examples you gave of Bob Proctor and Jack Canfield, um, you know, they really, they really simplify the message too. Right. I think that's kind of the, the point of it. It's not that it's, it's not that hard per se, but when you box yourself in like that, you can make it pretty hard for yourself. Right. And, yeah. You know, you and I were talking about real estate and one of the guys I've studied, I've had the privilege of being in the same room with, with about 20 of us was Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad. And one of Robert's absolute skills is taking really complicated things and making them simple. Right. And he still does it. Like, you know, things that most of us wouldn't even, because it's, it's bigger than we think, he decided he wanted a new million dollar Ferrari. And he and Kim have a, an agreement that Robert can have whatever car he wants, as long as he buys an asset that pays for it. He looked at his options, talked with Tom Wheelwright, his accountant, and Garrett Sutton, his lawyer, and said, oh, well, if I invest that same million that I'd spend in the Ferrari, and I put that money into an oil well over here, then the government gives me this tax rebate and this this break, and then I'm going to have you know cash flow from the oil well when it hits, and even if it doesn't hit, then I get an even bigger tax break. So he invested in another oil well, and everything that was left over then paid for the for the Ferrari. Now most of us would be like, what? Right. And, and I know you're in Toronto area, right? And a, and a house is a million plus. Absolutely. So people think, well, why would I spend a million plus on a car? Well, why wouldn't you if you had an asset to pay for the car? Right. That's, <laughs> you spoke to that maybe even that was cash flow quadrant, really, right? Where, you know, the majority yeah. of the masses will take income and just buy things as opposed to he's saying the rich take money buy assets and have those assets pay for it. And their money continues to grow forever, right? Yeah. Well, and that's the same with, with, with even just real estate investing. The whole purpose of real investing in real estate is you put a renter of some form into that property and they pay down the mortgage on that property. And if you're doing it right, they're paying you cash flow, free cash flow into your pocket every month as well, right? And at some point, 25 or 30 years down the road, that property's paid for and it's cash flow in your pocket. It's just a different way of looking at it that people don't sometimes. Right. And, and so when you coach, you're coaching people, are you doing it on, um, is it both sides too? Are you talking about the investment side of it too? Or are you, are you purely looking at systems and templates Syst to help them? Just yeah. So, I, well, I may say, okay, you know, 
for example, uh, one client, it made more sense for them to actually take some, some capital that they had and buy a, a facility to operate out of that just made the most sense. But for a lot of people, you're better not doing that, right? And especially right now with, with in a lot of places, real estate values going down, right? But my main goal is to work on the mindset of the, of the business owner, work on their systems and processes to get them some time and some money freedom so that they can enjoy their life. If we're not enjoying some of our life, then why the hell are we doing any of it? Sometimes it's easier just to go back and get a job. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I, I agree. And like, to me, my journey was about taking control back. I was 20 years in corporate world and just, you know, I kind of was more reliant on the system. I wanted to do something on my own. Um, probably the biggest obstacle for me was really the mindset piece. Can you, I know you've talked about, about Procter and Jack Enfield and all that. Can you talk about that work that you do on the, on the mindset with a client? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And and a big part of it is is making the decision to start, right? Looking at the habits, because that's what runs all of us is our habits. Um, and looking at those habits and which are supporting us and which are not. And then start to replace some of those habits. For example, a lot of people, especially right now, want to watch the news every night, right? have dinner, play with the kids, turn the news on. And they watch that horror movie called the, the News. And then they go to bed. And then they wonder why they don't get a good night's sleep. They wonder why they wake up in the morning more worried, anxious, uh, freaked out than they were the day before. Because you're essentially poisoning your mind before you went to sleep. So Let's start with some habits. Let's shift some habits. A lot of us, so one of the things that I do every night is phone, computer, all of that stuff is turned off. We don't watch news. I haven't watched news in 15 years. Um, but I sit at night and I have a journal. And in my journal, I write down my wins for today. What wins did I have? Did I reach out to a potential client? Did I... You know, maybe something simple as I only drank one pot of coffee today. That was a win. <laughs> I went for a walk around the block. That's a win. Right. But it might be something big too. Hey, I got another podcast interview. Right? That's a big win. But write these down. And there's a reason. One, it anchors it more solidly in your subconscious mind. So you're, you start to cause your brain to look for more wins. And I'll use something simple because people think, well, why would I look for more wins? If you decide you're going to buy a new car, what kind of car would you buy? I'm not a car guy, so I couldn't say specifically, but. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. I was looking at the, you know, I saw an ad out um, or someone posted something about the new Ford Broncos that are coming out. Like I'm okay. pretty nostalgic about that. They look pretty cool. So that yeah. might be something I'm. <laughs> be interesting. Yes. So what color? Uh, I don't know. Blue. Okay. <laughs> and when they come out, what you'll find is you see more of them. Right. Especially if you decide you really want one. 
you'll see more of them and you'll see lots of blue ones. Yes. Even though only a very small percentage of them would be blue. So for me, for example, a few years ago, I bought a Toyota Tacoma. Yeah. Blue one. And once I decided that's what I wanted, I started seeing them everywhere. Well, it's the same for writing down your wins. Once mm. you start to train your mind to write down your wins, then your, your mind, your reticular activating system, or RAS, causes you to start to look for more wins. So you're automatically starting to shift your mindset because instead of looking for things to worry about, like the news likes to tell us, you start to look for things to win at. Right? It's like if you want to start getting in better shape, well, you start today and you do one lap around the block and one push-up. Tomorrow, you do maybe twice around the block and two push-ups. You build out on it, right? And that's where the wins come from. You start to write down your wins and you get more of them. The other one that I do, and some people think I'm crazy, but I call it my confidence formula. And I'll send you a link for the show notes where they can go and get this from my website. But it's a process I do every night and you tell whoever you're living with that you're doing it. Otherwise they might think you're losing your mind, but I stand in front of the mirror at night. I look myself in the eyes and even though I've written them down already, I go back through my wins, right? Hey, you did a good job at this today. Hey, you did a good job at that today. That was, you know, you did this. That was really good. Um, whatever it was, you go through that. And then you talk to yourself a little bit about what good things you're going to do tomorrow. So you're setting the intention for tomorrow before you go to sleep. And then, and this is a tough one for the guys, while you're still looking yourself in the eyes, in the mirror, tell yourself you love you. That one I got from Bob. Bob's done that, you know, for 60 plus years now. Why? Because if you don't love you, it's pretty hard for you to love anyone else. And at first, you're going to think this is silly, and you're going to think it's stupid, and you're going to maybe even laugh at yourself. But what I know, because I've been doing it for years now, is it becomes easier, and you really start to appreciate it. So what you've now done is reset your mindset before you go to sleep, thinking about all the wins you had, thinking about what a great person you are and thinking about what you're going to do tomorrow to be even more awesome than you were today. That's good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's all kind of a, a reminder for me, you know, just it's, it's creating that habit, creating the compound effect. And yeah. there's so much, like you said, like 95, probably 99% of the stuff that's in the news that just comes in, it just goes to your subconscious and it's just, it's there mm -hmm. here. You're, you're controlling what's coming in. That's right. And, and I, when I mentioned the news and said a horror movie, think about it when maybe you still do. When I was younger, I used to like watching Stephen King type movies and all the Jason movies and all those kinds of things. And it would, you know, you would be scared and freaked out watching it. But if you notice, you didn't sleep so well that night because your mind was replaying chunks of the movie, but you were in it this time. It's the same with the news. And that's why I call it a horror show, because it's just showing you all the horrors that are happening in the world. And believe me, you just shut that off, your world gets better. Those I'm not are, saying be uninformed, but really control it. Yeah. And that those that's what you're saying. Like and, and even just the repetition and play, like I when you mentioned going back to Bob Proctor again, like he's been 
reading Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich for 58 years or whatever that is straight. Yeah. He just like, it just, anybody, he'll read like a paragraph for like a month or something, you know, just like, but that's, but he's focusing his mind on. Right. He's studying it. He's okay. What do you mean by this? And how can I take this and apply it in my world and in my life? Right. Nobody was um, like Nelson Nash, brilliant guy, super smart. The system is not complicated, right? The infinite no. banking system is not complicated. It just takes time to understand it and apply it. And as you apply it and as it grows, then you can do more. Well, we're the same. As we learn and apply, then we can do more. Right? And not being, sh- but not being caught in what we already know, right? And that's part of it too, is like we're, we're so, we have all this system built up in our mind, like, well, this is just, we do because we do. And that our parents did it, our generations did before. That's the hardest part is unlearning a lot of that's in our, that yeah. we've grown up on too. I, I had a client a few years ago um, and we were working around this, this self-esteem because he wanted to get a promotion at work. And before I decided to focus all my energy in, in business, I, I used to take on some, you know, kind of life coaching type clients. And he and his wife both had really good government jobs. I mean, good government jobs, but they didn't own a house. They were married. Their kids were in the early teens. But they didn't own a house. And I said, okay, because that was his goal. Because when I asked him, what's, you know, what's your big goal? And he goes, I would love to own a house. Okay, but he didn't know how. Because his parents didn't own, had never owned their house. Her parents had never owned their house. So to him, owning a house wasn't something that people like they did. Wow. And yet, both said, I mean, and when I say good government job, I mean 100K each a year. <laughs> like, a good government job. So any bank would trip over them and no debt, right? But any bank would trip over themselves trying to give these people a mortgage. Right. Absolutely. But their mindset, their belief about themselves, and that's really what mindset is, said they couldn't do it. So what are you, as a coach, part of my job is to get out of you what it is you don't believe you can do that will benefit you if you do do it. Right. If if you do do this, right. So then I use the technician business owner, right? He owns a a plumbing company or an electrical company. They think they still have to do all the work, right? My brother-in-law's got a super successful engineering company, but at the start, because he was an electrical engineer, what he thought about himself was that I have to look over everything before it leaves my office. I can't trust anyone else to look over anything before it leaves the office. If that's your mindset, then your business can never grow. So from then to now, he's gone from, you know, three employees to 50 plus employees. Oh, wow. Right. In several, not not just electrical engineering, but mechanical engineering and civil engineering, right? So he's got a fully rounded business now that can survive when things shift, right? 
And again, he looked at his, his opportunity, his landlord, uh, he didn't have enough space. The landlord wouldn't work with them on a lease. So he just built his own building, right? He used capital that was within the company, bought land, built, the own, built their own building. Now the business owns the building, owns the property. So what happens? He makes more money actually because he doesn't have a lease to pay anymore. Right. He's in better control of what happens in his space because it's his space. But if you don't look at it from a different point of view, you think, well, I can only get this big because I can't grow because there's no place to grow. Right. Yeah, you're creating your own box. <laughs> Again. Yeah. Well, that's it. You and that's why I say thinking outside the box sometimes isn't possible because you built the box you can't see beyond those walls and again some of its mindset some of it's just how we operate as humans right right like, as kiyosaki says he's not a best rating author he's a best-selling author absolutely <laughs> right it's not that his books are you know some and no i shouldn't say this some of his stuff is truly profound because wow but he has the ability to sell that book. And that is the secret. And the courage to do it, because a lot of people didn't believe that he could in what he was saying, right? Oh, absolutely. Well, when he first said that your house is not an asset, he was attacked by everyone. But if you truly understand what an asset is, your house is not an asset, because unless you own it, own it, the bank, it's the bank's asset, not yours. <laughs> right. Or even, you know, I even take it this step further because I, I refer it how far I take it too. But, you know, and I, where he defines an asset is it brings you income, right? And That's right. what does it ever bring you income? And even if you paid off at the bank, say you don't pay your property taxes. Absolutely. It's a whole nother, you know, there's so many layers to it. But uh, yeah, well, yeah. Then, then people, investors like you and I might end up owning your house because we brought it at a, at a property tax sale. <laughs> Right. Well, th that's that's the honest truth. So an asset puts money in your pocket. Yeah. So the infinite bank puts money in your pocket. Yes. Right. Um, in Robert's case, an oil well that's producing puts money in his pocket. And using the tax system to his advantage as a oh, as an investor. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And that's where understanding whether you should be, you know, incorporated or working as a sole proprietor or, right. And, and this is a case, again, I had a, had a client, had a brilliant business. Um, <laughs> she worked on mobile homes. She had two sides of her business. One, she did staging for realtors. The other was she worked on mobile homes because in her younger times had helped set up mobile homes. So she knew all about leveling them, putting the skirting on, all of that, and she was doing some work, and this homeowner said, oh, I need my, my kitchen updated, but I can't find a contractor. Why? Because most contractors, most home rental people won't work in a mobile home. So she said, oh, I can do that. I've got the skills, and she did. So she started her own business working on that. But what I unfortunately found in her business she had subcontractors that were working for her, but they were driving trucks that she personally owned. She was working as a sole proprietor. She owned these vehicles. She had people driving those vehicles. They said, 
something happens, you have no protection in the courts. You don't because you're your sole proprietor. Let's get you incorporated. So I hooked her up with a lawyer and an accountant and we got everything done properly so that if something happened, she didn't lose her house, right? And she's a hardworking lady, single mom, two boys. <laughs> Another good reason to have a coach, right? There's just giving you some outside perspective. Yeah. Well, it because- sounds like she was successful, but had some blind spots that uh, yeah well absolutely we all, have those, all have those blind spots right simple one real estate investors most of us don't know that if we're going to check on one of our properties we if we have more than depends on the province but if you have more than one the kilometers you drive to go to that property are actually deductible against any income on that property lots of people don't know that so i have an app on my phone that tracks the kilometers that I drive. <laughs> and then it's very simple. That was a business. That was a real estate. That was a, and I can, and then at the end of the year, I get a report from my app that tells me what kilometer I drove to what, and I can deduct that. Yeah, that's smart. I, I, my processes have been very manual. So that's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. And, and I learned that because of my oil and gas days where especially as safety became more and more of a concern, we always had to have vehicle logs, right? What kilometers you drove that day. And with our first company, we had CRA audit us and they came in and they said, we think your kilometers that you're writing off against your vehicles are too high, blah, blah, blah. We need proof. Excellent. I said, walk into the back, grab the banker's box that was full of the, you know, those black, vehicle log books you can buy in just about any office depot home staples whatever and all the guys have been tracking their mileage brought him into the office took the lid off the box and said what year do you want to start with auditor looked in the box and went oh okay you're good simple fact that we had them made them go okay they're fine they're doing it right yeah but sometimes businesses don't think about that they think oh i'll just write everything off well, on tax time, that may not be to your advantage. So again, this is another point of things that I know about business that I can help others with that some people just don't see. Yeah. Or it's not important. So let's, um, it wanted to, that's what I wanted to talk about next is really, as we wind down the last couple minutes of the interview is, you know, how can people get in touch with you? But also, you know, how can people engage with you and what are, what's next for you and your business? Well, I'm expanding beyond Canada, um, more clients in the U.S., more clients uh, in, in, the, in Europe. Um, the, that's where I'm going because I know I can help more people. I just have to get out there. Um, to find me, the easiest is success-innovations.com. That's my website. Uh, when I'm going to offer your listeners, and I'll send you the link, but it's success-innovations.com forward slash clarity. And I'll give everybody a free 30-minute clarity call. Awesome. I'll jump on a call. I'll ask you some questions. You'll leave the call with some actions you can take today or tomorrow, depending on what time of the day we do the call. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that's great. That's, that's for everybody that, uh, that wants it. You may not, 
but it's there. Very nice. Well, thank you for doing for doing that. And um, yeah, and as you talked about growing your business, that's that's really uh, good. I, I I appreciate you uh, taking the time to share your story and parts of knowledge. Um, I think there's some really good things that uh, takeaways. I know for myself, in terms of just reminders, right, to have creating those habits yeah. in your life and controlling the information that that uh, is hitting your subconscious and how you're how you run your business and your why there's just, there's a lot of nice um, take with this. So I, I really appreciate the time and um, yeah, I'll, I'll pass on this and hopefully we'll, we'll get some lots of takers to uh, that clarity session as well. Well, thank you. I, I really appreciate being on here with you. You're, you're a great guy to talk to and a great guy to work with. So this is amazing. And, you know, and I know the infinite banking system you'll promote, it is, I do it. It's one of those things that you, if once you know it, if you're not doing it, then you're a little bit crazy. But <laughs> I think if you, if you know how to, how it works, then you better be doing it. Um, and I really appreciate being on your show and getting you to talk to uh, all your listeners. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for taking time to listen to the cash flow Canucks podcast. You'll be able to find out more about our guests and how to connect with them in the show notes for this episode. Would you like to learn the secret way savvy investors and smart entrepreneurs are turning their expenses into positive cash flow? Then you want to read the Infinite Banking Concept book. For a limited time, I am giving away free copies of this book valued at $30. If you want a copy, just email me, Peter, with the subject line book to peter at cashflowcanucks.ca. Again, if you want a free copy of the Infinite Banking Concept book, just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca with the subject line book and your mailing address, and I'll send you a copy. You'll finally understand how the wealthy elite is turning everyday expenses into cash flow. Just email me at peter at cashflowcanucks.ca.